Well, good morning, and one more time, welcome to Grace Community Church, especially if this is your first time, we extend to you a special welcome. Our services are not usually this full with all the different activities that we have going on. We do uh, celebrate communion once a month. We uh, baptize as people are ready to express their faith in Christ. And this morning, at the end of the service, we're going to do something where we highlight one of our ministries in particular home groups. My name is Brad Talley, by the way. I am a teaching elder here at Grace, and I actually forgot something in here. It's my lanyard. I'll tell you the significance of this uh, later. We have name tags for people to wear. They never stick on me. I don't know what that means, but that's why I don't wear them usually up here. A couple of things before we get into the message. Um, Ron and Debbie Stafford are with us, uh, our missionaries in Colombia. One of our families is graciously providing a car for them. It's good to see you guys. Ron's brother is dying. He is a pastor, been a pastor for many years, and he is dying of cancer. And so this is a very difficult. They're back a little earlier than they anticipated. Uh, just pray for Ron and Debbie and maybe express your uh, heart of love and care for them after the service. Um, also, I want to make a couple of announcements about uh, this week. David mentioned earlier in, those, in the announcement time, church history, Wednesday night. Please come. If you're not reading the book, if you don't even know what I'm talking about, we're having a class all through this year, once a month, a couple of months, one or two months, we have two Wednesday nights. But we'll be meeting here at 7 o'clock, and, and we're talking about the Renaissance and the, and the lead-up to the Reformation, all the things that happened in the 16th century, 15th and 16th century, that really prepared the way for us to believe what we believe. Communion, for instance, far different from what the Catholics believe. We don't believe that the, body, that the, that the bread and the wine actually... Uh, are transformed into the body and blood of Christ. But we do believe that communion is very significant, not only in our dedication to the Lord, but in our spiritual lives. We believe that the Lord identifies with us in communion and baptism in the same way that we identify with Him. And there's this beautiful uh, ministry that happens, that occurs in this. Um, but, But Protestants, why are Protestants different from Catholics? Well, you're going to learn a little bit about that on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And our very special guest, we have two uh, guest uh, panelists, and Bert Wallace will be one of those. Uh, He will be uh, up here to, well, look good always. Bert Wallace is always there to look good. But but then also to maybe help with some of the, the, the questions about that time. And then Sam Brown, who's the pastor of Grace Presbyterian, a dear brother in Christ, Grace Pres in Fuqua Arena. Uh, Sam is going to be here to, to share with us as well. And Neil and I will be on that panel. Um, so be there for that. Tuesday, Tuesday at noon, some of you have been to Priority Associates in Fuqua. There's a special speaker trainer, Reitmer, I think is his name. My friend Bob Johnson assures me this guy is a great speaker. He is the vice president of Cap Trust Financial Advisors. If you're a man, you would like to be there, please see me after the service. Well, one last thing before we get down to business, but this is business. It's family business. This is as much body life as you're going to find as we're, we're doing today. This is how we function with one another. We are so happy to have Max and Norma Callahan with us. 
uh, Max in the middle of his chemo treatment, and Max just wants to say a word of, uh, express a word of uh, appreciation. So Max, I, I should have gotten your phones, I mean a, a microphone, so just speak loudly so we can hear. Yes, amen. It's so glad to see you, Max and Norma. And as much as they would love to hug you, there's a good chance you won't be able to. When Max and Norma are able to make it, a lot of times they'll slip out right at the very end uh, while the benediction is being given. It's just a little overwhelming for them uh, with all that's going on in their lives. But I know you love them. Write a card to them. Tell them uh, on the phone. Just take them food. They really love food, uh, although you couldn't tell it from either one of them. Uh, but and, so we'll get you set, set up on on, on uh, that as well. Amber Morgan is the one to talk to about food. Amber, wave your hand back there. Yes, Amber is takes care of that. So um, we're, we're we're thrilled to have you back as a part of our family. Family is one of those interesting things, isn't it? I, I grew up in a divided family. My dad was a Carolina fan. My mom was a state fan. I, and there were times where there was just a, a lot of tension in the family, you know. Uh, uh, not a whole lot because my mom, you know, she was a state fan like a lot of moms are, kind of well, you know, whatever. But my sister and I ended up to be Tar Hill fans. But the Carolina State division in our family extended far beyond our immediate family. My dad's got four brothers. Um, two of them are Carolina fans, uh, two of them are state fans. So every family reunion, every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, every wedding, every funeral, it did not matter what the occasion, it was Carolina State. And my younger two brothers who are the state fans, I mean my dad's younger two brothers ain't right in the head, so you can just, you, can, you know. So it got, look, they were all clever. So it would be pretty interesting. Some really funny stuff would be said. Um, Beyond the kidding about sports, though, I I was blessed to be in a family that has continued to stay intact, almost completely stay intact. Jim and Joy Acock really may as well be part of the family. They're part of my family. I consider them family. And and when my brothers meet, uh, my, my father went to be with the Lord a few years ago. Thank you, Jesus. He, he had a very difficult last five years. But he is with the Lord now, singing praises to him. But when my brothers and, and I mean, excuse me, my uncles and aunts, you'll be thinking it's you that's not right in the head in just a moment. But my, my uncles, or you've thought that for a long time, okay. My uncles and aunts, um, when they meet together, Jim and Joy meet with them. I don't meet with them, but they do. So uh, they're they're... Their family. And you know what? I might get frustrated with a family member, which I seldom am, by the way. Uh, or, or I might even say something negative about one of my family members. But don't you say something negative about me. That's just the way it works, right? Uh, some people don't have that same experience with family. Some of you come from broken homes. And let's say if you're young, if you're high school, middle school, high school, college age, and your parents have split up, there's one thing I want to say to you. It is not your fault. It is not your fault. Your parents are the adults. They're the ones who made that decision. Yeah, but I know. Shut up. It's not. We're not going there. It's not your fault. 
I mean, families grow apart or, or fracture over time, dissolve in a moment of, of, of rashness, all kinds of economic, moral, social, personality, psychological reasons, along with many more that families divide. One reason that you don't often hear stated is when people separate because of something going on in the spiritual side of life. In other countries, uh, and I'm sure it's, it's so in many places, even in this country, when someone follows Jesus in baptism, it creates a, a rift in the family that cannot be healed. It cannot be mended. This morning, we rejoice. I mean, we clap. You know, the first time I clapped, I got water all in my face. I'm like, you know, and we were clapping with, with every single one of those, and our hearts just rose in gratitude to the Lord. In a lot of countries, when someone in the family makes a profession of faith in Jesus Christ, the others immediately begin to beg this person to reconsider decision, the decision that you've made. And they say, if you are baptized... You are no longer a part of our family. And that's it. No longer will the family ever speak to a baptized follower of Jesus Christ. It's not so much that you walk away from your family when you follow Jesus in a lot of places in the world. But they walk away from you. When you're a disciple of Jesus, though, you have an entire new family bought with and held together by Jesus' blood. And so, blood really is thicker than water. But it's Jesus' blood that binds us together. Jesus knew what it was like to be estranged from his family. Our text today is Mark, or excuse me, Matthew 12. We've just finished up a series in Mark, and so a little bit of this is going to feel like review to some of you, which is wonderful. Matthew chapter 12, 46 to 50. And it's not going to make much sense to you if you don't know the context. So we're going to read the scripture and pray. And then I'll give the context for uh, this text. I will be reading from the English Standard Version. As is our custom here at Grace, would you please stand for the reading of the word. Matthew 12, verses 46 through 50. While he, Jesus, was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brother stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister, and mother. Father, this is an amazing thing. It's amazing to think that these young ladies who were baptized today are are not only dearly beloved members of the congregation that you have allowed me to have a part in, in leading, but they are my sisters in Christ, as is Casey. Father, um, it's, it's far more breathtaking to recognize that you have called us 
brother and sister and mother. You've called us family, Jesus. And so we pray that today you, you would help us to understand this family. And to fully immerse ourselves into family life here at Grace Community Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you and be seated. Well, you get the sense that there's a, a little bit of tension between Jesus and his family, do you not? I mean, if you just read this account without <clears throat> any context, you'd say, look, this is just Jesus blowing off his family and turning to his disciples, which, by the way, likely <clears throat> indicates more than just the 12. It indicates those following him. And he's saying, hey, these are my peeps. This is my family. You know, I don't care about you guys anymore. That's not... What's going on, though, there's a good bit more than meets the eye in this, in, in this occurrence, in this situation. Jesus' popularity at this point in his ministry was at the highest possible level. I mean, the masses flocked to Jesus to be healed and to be fed and to hear his teaching. Never had anyone taught like Jesus did. There was one group, though, that did not appreciate Jesus', Jesus ministry at all, the, the religious leaders. And they were constantly challenging him. These were the people who were the leaders of the government in the nation. They ruled as much as you can rule politically in a nation that is, that is a part of the Roman Empire. And that they had, so, so they had some say, or a, actually a great deal of say. They were the ones who had Jesus crucified. They had a great deal of influence in their country. Um, Jesus exposed the faith of these leaders to the masses, not only as being superficial, but also hypocritical. And in the minds of the leaders, Jesus not only threatened their power structure, he threatened the very fabric of social life, and in their minds, the existence of the nation. And when you understand all that Jesus was saying, you can recognize that, They weren't too far off. Uh, Here are some of the audacious claims that Jesus made up in this counter, uh, made up, led up to this encounter, encounter with his family, all recorded in Matthew chapter 12. Verse 6, I tell you something greater than the temple is here. Verse 8, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. These These are radically provocative words, treasonous words, really. Verse 30, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Verse 41, the men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented of the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. So this is like a double whammy. I mean, Jesus is saying the, the men of Nineveh will go into heaven before you. The Ninevites were some of the most wicked people imaginable. When you read about the cruelties that they inflicted upon the people, that they, <clears throat> Hitler had nothing on them, nothing. And Jesus is saying, they're going in before you go in. <clears throat> and furthermore, I'm greater than the prophets. And then he goes on to say, I'm greater than the kings. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation, a Gentile, an, a, a, a non-Israelite. 
and she will condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. And, and essentially David is saying, I'm greater than Solomon's father, David. And there was no one greater than David as far as in, in the line of kings in the Israelites' mind. Moses, maybe the law of Moses, but in Abraham, but David Right up there. A covenant had been made with David that someone from the throne would always be on the throne of Israel. Someone from the line of Judah. So essentially Jesus is saying all scripture points to me. All of the law, all of the rituals, all of the ways that people interact with Yahweh point to me. And in fact, I am Yahweh. I'm God in the flesh. All four Gospels emphasize Jesus' repeated claims to be God, whether they were direct or indirect claims. Well, this didn't sit well with the religious leaders, so Jesus was in danger. When his mother and his brothers came to speak with Jesus, they wanted to get him off stage. They wanted to, you know, put the proverbial cane around his neck and pull him off stage. With blood being thicker than water, and with family structure having a higher place in that culture than we can possibly understand, Jesus' response is totally unexpected. I mean, biblically, family was vitally important within the covenant community of God, known as Israel, known, named for the first Jew, for Abraham and his family, or the grandson of the first Jew, who was. Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. Jesus knew that his family wanted to speak with him. They thought he was crazy. If you're in home group this week and you're going to see some of the other things that transpire between Jesus and his family, they thought he was crazy and they wanted to get him out of there, but they also wanted to protect him. But if Jesus was greater than the temple, he was greater than the Sabbath, greater than the Old Testament prophets and kings in the line of David, Well, then he was and is greater than his family, and he was not going to allow his mission to be distracted by them. It's startling for Jesus to ignore them, to just put them aside. It's even more so for him to look around and say, whoever does the will of my father, whoever does, Does the will of my father. And at this time, Jesus was having quite a ministry with Gentiles in Galilee. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So is Jesus redefining family here? Well, yes and no. No in the sense that there is no way Jesus is saying that the nuclear family made up of a father and mother and children is no longer unimportant. It's all over the New Testament how important that structure is and how, in fact, our families are to point to Jesus. When we have a, a, a loving, intact family, we're pointing others to Jesus Christ. Furthermore, parents are to bring their children up in the fear and the knowledge of the Lord. 
when you saw three young ladies baptized this morning along with one woman, it's just so exciting when, when adults make that statement, although Casey's trusted Christ. And listen, sometimes people are baptized because they were baptized as infants. We don't do that here. If this is a long conversation, I'm not going into details. We do accept that as membership when you want to come in as a member. If you've been baptized as an infant in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then we do not require you to be baptized again. But a lot of times people say, you know, my understanding is the same as as yours here at the church, that believers are the ones who are baptized in Christ. And so even though they've been baptized, they say, I'm going to take this public stand with my Lord and Savior now. And so, but but when you saw these three young girls being baptized, that's God's design. You witnessed His design in action. Do not buy for one minute the philosophy that you ought to let your children decide what they're going to believe. Do you think Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and All other sorts of religions are saying to their children today, well, honey, you just go ahead and believe what you want to. No, they'll cut their heads off if they don't believe what their parents believe. God designed for the gospel to be passed down in families, but the gospel is so much bigger than that. And even so, it's a decision that has to be made individually. You'll recall Jesus' difficult words in Matthew 10, 34 to 39. Do not think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son Or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake. In another place it says, and the gospels will save it. Listen, it's not that Jesus is saying hate your families. He's just saying the cost of discipleship is high. And many times that Part of that cost is that your family sort of separates themselves from you. Even if they don't say, you are no longer my son, you are no longer my daughter, and you try to speak to them and they say, hey, I think I hear something, but I don't know what it is. Says somebody, hey, do you hear something over here? You know, maybe they don't do that. But, you know, they think you're a little bit, they say things like, don't you think you're, you're taking this a little bit too seriously? I mean, let's don't be a fanatic, okay? I'm happy. I'm happy that you're happy in that church that you're in. But just don't take this thing too seriously. You cannot follow Jesus closely and not be considered strange by some people. And a lot of times it's in your family. And Jesus divides family sometimes. But in so doing, another family is established. The most important family, the family of God. In which we find entrance through Jesus. The covenant people of God are no longer defined by sharing Abraham's blood. Or by becoming coming under the law of Moses. 
and, and as Gentiles and staking their claim with the nation of Israel so that they can be part of this God who has a covenant relationship with that nation. Jesus is saying, no, no, no. The new family revolves around me. Now, from now on, whether or not you're in the covenant community of God depends on your relationship with me. How are you, how are you to be connected with Jesus? Acknowledge that you are a sinner. It, it, you know, it almost sounds, it, it always strikes me right off the first when we ask these questions for membership. Do you confess that you're a sinner? You know, I'm always waiting for dirty, rotten, slimy, you know, crawling along the earth. Are you, it's the truth. We, we cannot confess that we belong to Jesus without confessing that we're sinful in nature. And in, indeed, we can't help but sin, and then we choose to sin all the time. Both of those things are true of us. And when you acknowledge that you are a sinner before the Lord, then you're ready to say, but I believe that on the cross, Jesus died in my place. He took the wrath of God that was rightly directed toward sinners, which includes me. That's how you are identified with him. You say, oh, Lord, I'm a sinner, but I believe that Jesus died for me. And right now I place my only hope of a relationship with you in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And just like that, you're a part of the family. When you're baptized, you gladly identify with Jesus and with your new family, and he identifies with you. Now listen, I hope that your mom and dad and your siblings are all a part of the body of Christ. But if they're not, you're bound to a new family by blood. Jesus' blood. And this is the family with whom you will spend eternity. You know what I've heard over and over and over? You know, my my spiritual family is more of a family to me than my own family. There are all kinds of reasons, as I've already stated, that families sort of fracture and, and, and move away, from, members of families move away from one another. But in Christ, we are bound together in ways that can never even happen in an earthly family. So again, I'm not making the point you should abandon your earthly family for your church family. But sometimes your allegiance to Jesus is going to cause them to distance themselves from you, if not outright abandon you. Perhaps you're a college student, and you're a long way from home. You've got a very loving, gracious family back home. Hallelujah. Thank you for staying here this weekend and and attending Grace rather than going home. Unless you live in California, then I understand. It's not for you. But, But if you're away from your family, we want you to be a part of whatever family you decide to choose. Look, I know that a lot of you... Students, adults, families are checking out churches. Um, when you go to churches, and, and don't think like, I'm just going to see what's the best fit for me. Think in this way. I'm going to see where God has designed for me to be a part of the family. I'm looking at this family. I'm looking at joining this family. And this family is looking at binding itself to me. Look, I, I, I know 
if you play on a team, if you play on a sports team, I know how close a team can be and that you consider that team your family and say, well, yeah, we know what happened yesterday. Well, you know, families fight and fuss and all that. Uh, maybe it's a fraternity or sorority, brothers and sisters of your family, maybe military group that you serve in or that you served with. I mean, there are all kinds of different things, people you started the company with. This is, these people are like family to you. But... This family, this family that God has designed and designated for you, whether it's Grace Community Church or another church, is one that should have one of the greatest impacts on your life. Um, Jesus said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father is in in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. John 6.40 tells us that the will of the Father is that those who believe in the Son will have eternal life. So who were these people in Jesus' new family? When Jesus looked around, he said, here it is. This is my family. These are the people that I identify with. Were they the religious, the well-attended, well Dressed, well-spoken? No, they weren't. They were the down-and-outers, a lot of them. Well, there were some impressive people in the eyes of society who were there and said, you know what, he's right. He's right. I believe it. I believe him. But for the most part, a lot of these were, were people that you wouldn't expect to see on who's who and First century Palestine, although they didn't know it was the first century at that time. You know what? That ought to be actually somewhat of a a challenge to us. I mean, look around. Do you see the down and outers? You don't. You see well dressed, well attended. Well-fed men and women. There's danger in our success. There's danger in the prosperity that God graciously gives us. There is danger in the freedom that we have. Because we begin to think, I don't need God. And then there are times where we know we need God. When sickness comes, when we lose a job, when all, you know, when all the things happen, the transmission goes, whatever. But for the most part, we get along quite well, thank you very much. And it's not designed that way. And, and nor is it designed that we go it alone. We are designed to function together. If you are a college student away from home and you decide that this is churches where you want to attend, please know that you're choosing this family and this family is choosing you, whether it's here or somewhere else. And don't go to church just so that you can check off went to church box. Or go home, you know, and say, oh, yeah, I found this really cool church. I mean, it starts at a good time, 10 o'clock. You know, that's, that's just right for me. Not too early. Not too, it's a Goldilocks kind of situation. I mean, it's just right. I can sleep in a little bit, but I can beat the Methodists to the restaurant. So it's just, it works. Or the music is awesome there. Or I like the style of preaching. Or 
whatever. I like the seats. I like the informal feel. I like that you can wear what you want to wear. Don't go to church just so that you can check it off. Attend a place where Jesus is exalted both in music and in message. And the authority of the word is very clear. Make, that, make sure that you go somewhere where they believe that the Bible is God's word. Otherwise, what are we doing this for? If it's got all kinds of errors, what am I doing this for? I could be watching Fox Sunday Sports NFL right now, live. I mean, I've got it recorded, but I could be watching it live. <laughs> so go to a place where they, they preach the Bible as the word, and Jesus is exalted in all aspects of the worship. And know that Jesus is the head of your family. And all of these people around you are your brothers and sisters. If you're a middle school student all the way through a grad student, connect with your family. If you have been coming to Grace for a long time as a single or as, as uh, married, um, please connect with your family in every... See, here's one of the things that God is saying when He designs... It's not that we've got students and singles and couples and kids. We've got family. This is family. We're all a part of this family. And we tend to act like everyone else. We cater to certain groups. But you know what? Every family has got people like my two uncles that ain't right in the head and pull for state, you know. Of course, you guys, look, I'm, I'm, I'm losing the state fans. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I really don't mean to. All families have got strange, you know, people in them. But they're family, right? We've got to love each other that way. I, I recognize it simply by being here on Sunday morning and speaking with others, others, you're connected. But when Jesus speaks about family and discipleship the way that he does, do you think that just the most marginal connections imaginable or possible to the church, those connections to the church, you think that's what he had in mind? If you believe you belong to this family, no matter what your status One of the ways that grace is designed to allow family to connect on a more intimate setting. I didn't say families. I said family. One of the ways we are designed to connect connect with family on a more intimate basis and setting that is possible on Sunday morning is through home groups. We currently have 10 home groups. You can't see that all that well, but let me just say at the top, there's Fuquave Arena. Down at the bottom, at the very bottom is done. I mean, we've got home groups everywhere spread out between here and there. Um, they meet from Fuquave Arena to Anger to Lillington to Bowie's Creek to Dunn. These groups meet on Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. They're made up of college students, singles, uh, single adults, young families, children with uh, families with children, middle-aged uh, families, seniors. 
Child care is available, though it is challenging at times for those of you who have children and you want to be a part of a home group. And look, here's another thing. If you're checking out Grace Community Church, you really don't know about our church until you attend home group. And if, you know, go to three or four if you want to. Find your place. And this is the time of year where occasionally people will move. We, we reshuffle, reshift just a little bit. Not in a major way, but maybe someone has moved geographically and they say, I, yeah, I think I'm going to go where I'm a little bit closer. Or just they want to meet more of the, this family, the more of the body in that kind of a setting. But just Get connected with a home group. Currently, all the 100-year-olds attend Keith Hills, uh, (laughs) Miss Hilda over here. But look, if you're 100 years old and you want to go somewhere else, that's fine. We're fine with that. Some of the home groups share a meal together. Others are going to have dessert and coffee. All groups spend time in prayer and in fellowship, communion with one another, and Digging deeper into the Word. Usually talking about the message at a little bit um, higher level than was preached or a deeper level, the message that was preached on Sunday morning. Home groups are where community happens. It is where your or this family becomes your family. Is this your family? Really? Home groups are where we become family. We want you connected. One of the real challenges that we have is that most of our home groups are are quite full right now. Two things to say about that. One, we can always make room for you. Whether you're a couple, single adult, student, we can always make room for you. Second, the best way to roll with home groups is new groups for new people. That's just, that's the way our group formed. Uh, I'm Phil Wilson and Allison and I are the old timers. All the others are relatively new within the last couple of years in our church. But we are happy to announce this morning that we are establishing a new group. Ricky and April Lee are going to be starting a group. Where are Ricky and April? You guys stand up. Uh, Stand up. There's a chair between you. Does that indicate anything? Is that... It's an empty space here. Uh, oh, okay. There, uh, I didn't see Hudson down there. All right. Um, so Ricky and April live over, they're probably the one right in the middle, right? Is that correct? Right in the middle. Lafayette, uh, right behind Lafayette School. It's, it's in Harnett County. It's considered a Fuquay address. But if you're Fuquay, Anger, I mean, Anger even in Lillington, you can get to that one fairly comfortably. These guys are going to be meeting on uh, Monday night, and like so many of our families, they have lots of kids, and so you are welcome to bring your many kids over to their house and meet with them on Monday night. Um, if another night or another demographic, age demographic or whatever works better for you, some people drive, you know, a long ways just because I connected with these people early on and they're my family. So what? It's a 15, 20-minute drive. It's okay. I'm all right with that. If that suits your interests better, uh, then you're going to have opportunity to meet people from each group. If you are a home group leader and you... Uh, whether you're married or not, if you're a home group leader, would you please stand along with your spouse? All home group leaders and spouses stand if you would.
and Allison and I meet that. This is uh, how you're going to know. By, by this shall all men know that these are the home group leaders by their lanyards, you know. You'll be able to tell after the service, but not just uh, the home group leaders. We've got other people who are designated because they're helpers. They're either host or they're servers in the group. So if you're a host or you've got one of these lanyards on, would you please stand as well? Uh, that, that Well, a couple of lanyard less, but that's all right. We, are, we welcome you. So thank you. You can be seated. Like I say, we, we don't have time to hear from all of them. But these guys, are they lead those groups in all of these different places. And you're going to get a chance to meet them immediately. In just a few moments, Mike Moneypenny, is, I'm going to pray. Mike's going to lead us in the benediction. Then we're going to dismiss. If you've got kids, go back and get your children in the back. Go get your children first. And then come back and... Talk to some of these home group leaders. So home group leaders don't say, oh, well, I guess nobody has come, so we'll just go on. Because some people are going to be back getting their children. We've got information that we'll tell you about our group, what time we meet, what night they meet. And it's, we do have a plan. Here's the plan. The Fuquave Arena groups, there are about five of those now, are going to meet up front. We're going to be standing up front. We're going to space ourselves that part is not planned yet, but I, I think we can figure it out. <clears throat> We're going to be standing up front and then just go, you know, and, and, and talk to the different ones and say, tell me a little bit about your group. Um, Lillington. Again, it's a Fuquave Arena address. Scott and Keisha Colbreth lead the Lillington group. And, and Steve and Michelle Eisenberg are in uh, Calibiate Springs a lot. Is that where you guys are going to be in Calibiate still a lot? So... You know, again, you can get there. That's not too far from here. And if you're new to the area, you have no idea what I just said. Calibiate Springs. Fuqua Arena is really one of those days, isn't it? But, but Lillington is going to be right back here. Scott and Keisha are very close to our church. Um, probably the closest to our church. And then Ricky and April will be as well. Then um, in that little welcome room, we're going to have a, a done group. And also, uh, what else is there? Lillington and Dunn, so the Lillington group is out there. Uh, Andrew is going to be right over here. That's right. Okay, I got that mixed up. Andrew is right back there where by the kitchen area. They're going to be as you go out. And our Andrew group, again, substantial, but we will find a way to get you in there. And then Bowie's Creek is going to be in the lobby as you exit. So just look, there are home groups everywhere, especially if you're a student. Here, you know, a couple of questions uh, that you might want to ask. How would you feel about having college students in your group? And if they say anything thing other than wonderful, please let me know, uh, would you, if you would. But then the more important question possibly, what kind of cooks do you have? You know, do you have a meal? Do you, you know, the, uh, are the cooks to be trusted to, to deliver every single week? What, what do you got going on at your place? We would love for you to be a part. Look, we've done just about everything we can do for body life this morning. Everything, communion, baptism, preach the word. We've worshiped together in song. And we're talking about home groups, a really important part of the early church and a very important part of our church. going to pray. Mike Moneypenny is going to give benediction. And really, the service is not over. Get to know some of these people.
Let's pray. Our Father, we're so grateful um, for what you have done for us. And Jesus, that you dwell in our midst. And that whenever we ask for your presence, we are just really asking more for our awareness of your presence. And our submission to you to help us with that. You are here amongst us. And we're grateful that we're called a part of your family. And, and, and in reality, when, when Jesus, when you looked around that day and you said, Who are my mother and my brothers? All of these, you, you were pointing to us. These who do the will of God, who believe in you. Bind our hearts together in Christ through your word, through communion, baptism. And through our meeting together and sharing life. Lord, Max and Norma stood this morning and they represented maybe as many as a dozen families in crisis. And home groups are the first point of help, substantial, significant help in a time of need. I pray that you would continue to dwell among us as we consider the, the places you want us to be connected in home groups. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand for the benediction. We've heard a lot this morning about uh, building up the body of Christ in love and through home groups, through the fellowship and through the study of the word. And this is what Paul says to the Ephesians. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Seek out a home group if you're not already in one. Go in peace this week.